How'd you like to work a four-day week? It does certainly have an appeal. I'm working one this week. I had one last week. And I think a lot of people, if they could maneuver, would have no problem working a four-day week. Um, it's pretty hard to do in the 24-7 news business, which is, by the way, never an eight-hour day. But I do love that extra day off. I think everyone, you know, just that extra day just to kind of chill out gives you a bit more of a balance between work and play. And uh, you'd have to look back to the Mike Harris government when they overhauled the labor laws, allowing for a 60-hour week. And then the liberals said, yeah, we'll get rid of it. And then it never really went anywhere. But the idea, I think, of a four-day week is based on the fact that you would work a 10-hour day instead of an eight-hour day. And of course, we're talking about it because recently New Zealand floated this as a way to help reopen the country. And those studying the issue say now is the exact moment to redesign the work week and how we do this as, of course, everything's been turned on its head now. John Tragakos is an associate professor at the University of Toronto's Rotman School of Management. And I got to say, John, you know, at this uh, ripe old age, I'm more than willing now, maybe not so much in my earlier life, but I think a lot of people like myself would be willing to look at a four-day work week. And one of the arguments in your article is that, you know, A, it, cut co it cuts costs and it drives up productivity by 40%. How so? Um, well, you know, one of the things that we have to think about is, you know, what are the costs that organizations are facing by having people in the office every day? Uh, you know, there's the space costs, the electricity costs, the supplies, these sort of things. Now, some of that, you know, will trickle back to workers, but, you know, they're having their home offices anyways, quite a number of them. Um, and then the other thing is, is that if people are having to commute less, I mean, that's time saved on their part, that's energy saved on their part, that's giving them more time to kind of rest and reconnect with other things that are important in their life. And so in a lot of ways, if done properly, and I mean, that's the key thing is if done properly, if this can be beneficial both for organizations and for, for workers. Right. I mean, if it's to work properly, it would mean that people actually have to do that 10 hours a day and put in uh, their time and get the work done. Sure. I mean, it, it could be 10 hours. It could be eight hours. There's, you know, there's no, one of the things that I want to point out with this is there's no defined way to do this at this point. I mean, we're, we're in uncharted territory with the pandemic and how we choose to handle that uh, as organizations going forward and as a society going forward uh, is really up to different companies and, and to, uh, and to us, it, it, we, we have no uh, sort of limit at this point as to what we can conceptualize, uh, how we might reconceptualize the workplace. So it could be 10 hours for four days. It could be eight hours, uh, you know, for, for four days. It just depends if, again, the point you make is that are people being productive? So if they are getting into work, they're being productive, we are, uh, you know, getting rid of unnecessary distractions in the workplace. Sure, we can actually probably do a regular length workday that we're used to and get everything done in four days and be, you know, have that extra day for leisure, for, uh, for other things that we might choose to turn our attention to. Just breathing would be nice, I think, for a lot of people, you know, because after, you know, given the commute times that you add in and all these other stresses of, of uh, a modern society, because these uh, rules were put in in a much different time, I think a lot of people just want to find more of a work-life balance. But, you know, it's not for everyone. Not everyone could do it. Um, not sure it would work in the business we're in because it's a 24-7 news cycle, but certainly it wouldn't work if you're a, a, a lunch bucket kind of profession. It would certainly be challenging 
Um, you know, if you're a unionized public sector worker, I mean, they'd have to rewrite an awful lot of contracts. Uh, I mean, so it, it would take some time and there would be great challenges in trying to get people to do this. Yeah, by, by no means is this something that can happen overnight. By no means is this a one size fits all solution. I think the point is, and you know, one of the things that, I, that I'm focusing on in this is the idea that we're at a time where we're already dealing with massive change. And so if we want to reconceptualize certain things about the way some jobs work or many jobs work, this is the perfect time to go ahead and do that. On, you know, on, the, on the other side of the coin, something that we, we really want to think about carefully is, you know, like you kind of pointed out, what are the appropriate jobs for doing this? Who, what, what are the different steps? I mean, it's not just something we can just blindly jump into without careful thought and consideration. And also, you know, can we come up with other hybrid models? Maybe it's three days home, two days at work, or two days at home, or three days at work, or, you know, whatever it might be. There are all kinds of different ways for different organizations that they could conceive of to make a more effective workplace. I mean, before this pandemic, we were already at record levels of stress and burnout for our workforce. So it wasn't like it was a utopian world before this happened. And now with the additional stresses of the COVID-19 pandemic, you know, people are dealing with a lot of things that, uh, you know, we have to keep an eye on and find ways to make a healthier and more productive work environment for, for all jobs, not, not just even the jobs that are just, you know, maybe able to stay at home. Yeah, one, one of the challenges is like, do you ever stop working when you're at home? It seems like now you just kind of work all the time in one place that's kind of supposed to be your sanctuary. But I'll point out, um, you know, to one example, Facebook, you know, Facebook is looking at allowing people to move away to, to less expensive jurisdictions, you know, they could live cheaper um, and still work uh, out of home for the company. But at the end of the day, they are saying you'll also take less pay. Um, so there, there are there are loopholes that let's say a company could get through, and I think it would all be in the way it's negotiated that that a company could say, okay, well, if you're only going to work four days a week, we're going to pay you less. So you have to be able to negotiate these things. Uh, I don't know how it's done through maybe a bonus program or achieving certain uh, you know um, you know work projects for certain amounts of times. But it it would take some negotiating, or companies will want to pay cut or cut pay. Yeah, that, that's a tricky, you know, that's kind of the other side of this coin as well is we've got to think about what the work that is being done, uh, you know, that, that's what people should be being paid for. So if they're doing the same work and the same product, having the same level of productivity as before, a pay cut is patently unfair at that point. Um, however, if people are expected to do less work, I mean, that's something that may be in, in the cards, maybe a discussion that companies are going to have. You know, again, it's some companies may look at this as a, as a chance to do a kind of quick and unfair cash savings in some way. Um, but if done properly, what companies can do is, you know, they don't even have to think about cutting worker pay, but they can restructure things in such a way. And we know that when people are re-energized, they are much more productive, right? So if you can have a more re-energized uh, workforce, you can have people who are more productive than they even were before. And the other thing is when we talk about things like burnout, if you're working your employees to the point where they're getting burnt out, there are so many costs associated with that in terms of mental health, absenteeism, sick leaves, um, you know, turnover and all those costs associated that it's literally in the billions of dollars in the North mm -hmm. American economy. And so if that can be reduced, companies will see a huge cost savings just from that perspective. Not to mention they could hire more part-time staff. Uh, you wouldn't necessarily need to hire all full-time staff. And I know a lot of people will cringe at the thought, but it could reduce labor costs in that way. But the one area that I think is interesting 
that you cite is the tourism sector. We've talked a lot about the tourism sector in the last couple of weeks because it has just been decimated by, um, you know, this pandemic. You know, people aren't traveling. People aren't necessarily doing anything. And a lot of people are losing their jobs. Almost a million people in just the tourism sector have lost their jobs. And so the thinking, I guess, is, all right, so people will travel domestically and they might not do two weeks off. They might do a whole bunch of three-day, four-day weekends, which then again, there's your four-day work week. Yeah, in theory, that, that could work. I mean, it might also give people the time to connect with family members. There's a lot of different ways we can look at that. Obviously, the tourism industry is being tremendously impacted by this. Now, what happens when we, uh, you know, have medical solutions to the pandemic? What does that look like? I mean, that, that might allow us some level of return to normalcy, although it's difficult at this time to predict. But from, from the tourism industry perspective, again, I'm not an expert on in the tourism industry, but you could see where there could be benefits, especially locally. I mean, like the way countries like New Zealand are talking yeah. about this, um, where there could be benefits that gives people a little more time. It's easier to go and get out and about and explore even your own city, let's say, uh, of course, in this time in a socially distancing, safe, <laughs> safe way, of course. But, you know, there, there are ways in which that we can take advantage of this from a societal perspective as well. And that can also find, you know, of course, improve people's well-being long, long term. I mean, you are right. If ever there were going to be changes in habits and the way we rebuild, um, you know, the economy moving forward, it is right now when companies have been forced to pivot um, within hours uh, and build whole completely new uh, business models. How realistic then, um, John, is it that this could happen? Because I do think there's an appetite for it. I mean, Mike Harris was the one that made it to a 60-hour week, uh, but how, how much appetite is it to go the other way now? You know, this is going to depend on how things go moving forward. I mean, I think we're obviously in an unprecedented time and yeah. people are making things up as they go with no playbook, right. quite frankly. Now, we're fortunate to have the technologies we have to keep a lot of us plugged in. Um, you know, our frontline workers are doing fantastic work, keeping us going, um, you know, when, when they maybe don't even have the option of working from home or changing the way they work. And so, again, I'd like to thank everyone that, that is doing that kind of work for us. Um, you know, going forward, it will depend, you know, how quickly we get back to normal. Do people see a difference in the way they work? If people, if we see productivity from people in the new way of working, I'm sure a lot of companies will be happy to make the switch. Um, I think it, really proactive companies will look at this as an opportunity to make a healthier and more productive work uh, set up for their workers. And in the process of doing this, you know, you can reconceptualize a number of ways you can do work so that you save costs and help workers in the process as well. So, you know, going forward, I think the proactive and progressive companies that are really looking for ways to move into the new economy as we go forward, they'll take advantage of this opportunity. Um, some companies will fall back. I know a lot of people have, that I've spoken with miss going into the office, seeing their colleagues, you know, having that connection on, you know, quote unquote, their normal schedule and their normal way of doing things. But what will that look like in the future? We, sure. we can't say 100% for sure. Not to mention, I would have to think demographics play a key role in here. The older you get, the more you, you, you value time versus money. Um, so there could be a bit of a balancing here where older generations say, you know what, I'll do the four-day work week, no problem, and I won't take pay cut or make more money. But that might be allow a company then uh, to keep more people on the job, given so many people are losing jobs. Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to say which demographics would be more in favor of this versus not. I mean, I've also heard a number of yeah. people sort of in the younger demographics with kids that they would be happy to have, you know, this different kind of a, an arrangement. Um, but I think any way we can save jobs and keep people working at, at this point in time, 
is good for everybody. And so, you know, again, th this is, while this is a tragedy and there is so much negativity from this, uh, we have to do our best as a society to also look for positive outcomes and opportunities that we can grow stronger from this. And I think yeah. that if people are uh, really thoughtful about this, there are ways that we can make better uh, work arrangements for people. Companies can get stronger. Our society can get stronger in different ways, um, you know, because it wasn't perfect before necessarily either. No, it was not. Um, well, you know, I'll look forward to uh, seeing where this conversation goes. And uh, I have no problem with the 40 work week, but nonetheless, we'll see where it takes us and, uh, and if it actually catches on here. I appreciate your time, John. Thanks so much on this. Thanks so much for having me. And that is John Dragakos uh, looking at that issue, and we'll see where it goes. I, I, I don't know. I think it would up to be, be up to every uh, each and individual business, you know, what they can afford, and uh, whether or not you're willing maybe to take a pay cut in favor of a little more freedom. It's interesting, though.